This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. Hello, I'm Nick Curtis, the Evening Standard's Chief Theatre Critic. Welcome back to our theatre podcast. This week I'm joined by Nancy Durrant, the Evening Standard's Culture Editor. Coming up shortly, we'll be looking at Best of Enemies at the Noel Coward Theatre, but we're going to kick off with Othello at the National Theatre. It gives me wonder, great as my content, to see thee here before me. Rather incredibly, this is the first production of Othello to be directed by a black director at the National Theatre. It's directed by Clint Dyer, who is now also... Associate Director of the whole South Bank Institution with Rufus Norris. I think we all agree this is a belated and good thing. It stars Giles Torreira as Shakespeare's more extraordinary actor who I've followed for decades. I think I saw his stage debut at Battersea Arts Centre in a production of The Tempest cool. in the early 90s. But more recently, he was wonderful as Aaron Burr in the British premiere of Hamilton. He was just as wonderful in Blues from an Alabama Sky. But now he is playing Othello at the National I thought it was rather wonderful. What did you think? I thought it was one of the best Othellos I've seen, actually. It's a really difficult play to watch. Yes. Um, but I'm really glad I saw this one. I have a, a quite a kind of complex relationship with this play. Right up until just before the interval, every interaction that you see with Othello and Desnabona just makes you hope for them. It kind of makes you love them. It makes you care about their love. It makes you believe in it. And then just before the interval, you see Iago plant the seed of doubt. And from that moment, all you can hear in your head is this tick, 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 until the bomb goes off and you know it's going to go off. And the inevitability of it is horrendous. Yes, yeah. And this one is particularly stark and harsh, I think it's fair to say. And there's a very, very um, singular focus on Othello's race. Recent productions have slightly tempered it or slightly sort of played with the concept of it. There was a, a production at Shakespeare's Globe recently where Iago's wife was black, played by Sheila Atim. You know, Iago was played by Mark Rylance, who was a much older man. So it added different layers to the dynamics of the play. Whereas here, he very clearly is the one black man in an all-white, rather fascist society. The set is arranged on three sides, on a sort of set of steps on three sides. So it feels slightly like a Roman forum, but also slightly like a gladiatorial arena or a a fascist gathering place. And in the first sequence, there's a very real suggestion that that he might be about to be lynched. You know, they're carrying ropes and they're calling for for his death aren't they yeah i mean it's it's not it's not at all subtle but it's not it doesn't it doesn't it just it really leans into his otherness yes he was explaining um why it was that desdemona had fallen in love with him and he says it's because he was telling his story about his life and his youth and his um difficulties and and he says the words sold into slavery and i thought oh is that normally in it Mm. I don't remember hearing it before. Yes. And and I heard it very clearly this mm. time. And there are other bits where you just 
you you hear it in a different way. One of the things I really liked about Torreira's performance is that um, there tends to be a, a sort of tendency to have quite macho martial Othellos, mm. these sort of big soldier figures. I think there's possibly a sort of hangover of even Paul Robeson's performance, you know, back in the day of this sort of booming martial figure. Olivier did it too. Um, Torreira has actually quite a sort of gentle fluting voice, mm. uh, which really brings out the poetry and the affection that he has for Desdemona and the sensitivity in the character as well, I think, rather than this this sort of warlike being. Yeah, he's um, a very humane Othello yeah. and a very human Othello. He's he's not a caricature of anything, mm. you know, and actually y- y- you can play him a little bit like the sort of archetypical noble Moor figure. Mm. This This is a guy. This is a guy who's fallen in love and doesn't yeah. really know how to deal with it because he's just a soldier and he's been through a lot and you know. And it makes his uh, his sort of unbalancement by Iago or by the thought of Desdemona's infidelity. I liked Rosie McEwen's Desdemona as well. She was one of the strongest I've, I've ever seen. Very forceful, very interestingly sort of placed in the action. Wherein I mean to touch your love indeed, it shall be full of poise and difficult weight and fearful... <laughs> To be granted. <laughs> I will deny thee nothing. Moron, I do beseech thee, grant me this, to leave me but a little to myself. Hmm. What shall I deny you? She was a super intelligent young woman and forthright and courageous, you know, not just sort of courageous in love, um, which I think you can kind of attribute to somebody being, you know, young and impetuous. She's an intelligent woman who knows what she wants and and is prepared to take a risk to get it. Has made what is in this society a very brave decision. Incredible. A very strong-willed decision. Um, You really liked um, Iago's performance as well, didn't you? Yeah, Paul Hilton as Iago. He's quite over the top almost, but he's almost sort of carnivalesque in the way that he sort of worms his way into into Othello's mind. He's always got that sort of kind of sweaty jitteriness though anyway, hasn't he, Paul Hilton? Like that's kind of his niche, if you like. Yes, and he he does look a lot like a young Oswald Mosley here, which is, Mm, you know... I also really loved... Tanya Franks as Amelia. Mm-hmm. It's a portrayal done in a way I haven't seen before. Um, Amelia is Iago's wife, and she's very clearly in this context a woman in a violently controlling marriage. Yes. Um, he's very jealous, and he plays with her fear visibly, and it's yes. really unpleasant to watch. The scene bef- between her and Desdemona, when Othello has lost his temper with Desdemona and told her to go to bed, they discuss whether or not a woman could ever cheat on her husband. Mm. And it's the best I've seen it done. Yes, absolutely. I think because yes. quite often that scene, you know, Desdemona's very sad and she's very kind of wistful and can't quite understand what's going on. But Amelia is often paid as a little bit sort of bitter but larky. Yes. In this version, she is angry and despairing. Yes. It's clear that she's responding to her husband's jealousy and his ill treatment of her, but she knows that she is trapped. Yes. And it's incredibly affecting. It's very moving, very, very, very well textured, that scene, I think. Yeah, I think it's yes. definitely the best and I've it seen makes, that scene. And it makes the, the final tragedy all the, all the more sort of bitter and awful. I think if this was the first Othello you'd seen, you would get the play and be moved by it in a way that you might not have done by previous productions. And in fact, I can tell you that that is the case, because <laughs> right. the person I took with me yes. had never to her remembrance seen Othello before yes. and she thought it was wonderful Yes, she but really loved it I just wanted to make a, make a note about the opening where they the, a series of dates and images scroll mm. down and they're of previous productions and I think it's quite a, 
a bold and important statement in saying this is how we do Othello now. I gave it four stars out of yeah. five. I very this is not a reflection on the quality of the production. I've only I think given three five star reviews in my career maybe four. Um, oh, meanie. I know, but uh, but something <laughs> has to be just about perfect, and I yeah. think this is pretty damn close. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a really really terrific, strong, shocking production. Yeah. Let's go to the ads. In the second half, we'll be discussing Best of Enemies at the Noel Coward Theatre. We'll be back after this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Evening Standard Theatre podcast. Before we go into talking about Best of Enemies, this is a very exciting week for us at the Evening Standard, isn't it, Nick? It certainly is. If you are listening to this podcast when it drops on Sunday, in a few hours' time, we will be announcing the 66th Evening Standard Theatre Awards. They're back after two years of COVID-induced delay, and uh, I can't obviously tell you who's won yet, but they are an extremely exciting roster of winners. I'm very pleased with uh, with the people who are being recognised. And if you're listening to this podcast later in the week, you can, of course, go online right now and find out who they are. So exciting. Best of Enemies at the Noel Coward Theatre. This is James Graham's play, transferred from the Young Vic. It basically traces back our current adversarial climate of political debate to the 1968 TV discussions between William F. Buckley Jr., a right-wing polemicist at the time, and Gore Vidal, a sort of urbane gay commentator on the liberal left. They were put together by ABC News, who were the uh, least powerful and least popular of the three major networks, during the presidential debates where the, the Republican and the Democrat parties were choosing their candidates, the idea being that they would sort of elevate what was fairly boring factual news. That ain't what happened, is it? Not exactly what you call elevation, no. <laughs> it's such a great play. Absolutely wonderful. I think it's actually got better in the transfer. I don't know whether James Graham has... I think he's possibly worked on it a little tiny bit somehow. It seemed just that bit tighter mm. and richer and deeper than than it was even at the Young Vic, and I loved it at the Young Vic. Obviously, it's been slightly reduced in its design mm. because at the Young Vic, it was sort of... Not exactly in the round, but it was sort of in the semicircle, wasn't it? Yes. I think in the young bit, you sort of felt you were in a TV studio. You felt you were yeah, part of the bit. audience or part of the sort of production that was going on yeah. in here. David Harewood plays William F. Buckley. Yes. And, um, and played him at the Young Vic as and well. And played him so at the Young he's Vic. continued in the role. Exactly. And then there's Zachary Quinto, who is new to the role of Gore Vidal. Yes. 
Um, and I think he is great. I think he makes an excellent Gore Vidal. He shows you what a what a sort of awful narcissist Gore Vidal really was, well, a quite, terrible person. Completely ghastly, but I, you know, he's got that sort of coolness. And people talk, talked about uh, Vidal being feline. I thought he was quite sort of serpentine in this one. Yeah, it made me understand why some people it. keep snakes as pets. I mean, there's something, <laughs> very, um, yeah, there's something very sort of cold-blooded about him in this. But, I mean, Harewood is extraordinary in this. Yeah. I'm... He came back to the UK to to do this play mm. after years in America doing Homeland and Supergirl and mm. things like that. And my God, we've missed him. Yeah. God, he's a riveting actor. He is and so good. He is a black actor and he is here playing a very white right wing um, conservative commentator. I mean, not a sort of radical Tea Party type that we're used to yeah. now. Yeah. He's more of a sort of patrician, yeah. old school flag and scotch. Yeah, quite. I mean, uh, I think Republican. patrician is a really good word. He's got a pompousness. Yes. He sort of wields a pompousness, which is incredibly enjoyable to watch. But I think that's interesting that James Graham, his decision to to make Buckley uh, likable because mm. his interest is he didn't want, I think, to to make it. You know, the theatre is theatre like audiences full of old mostly and some less old lefties. Yes, um, and it, it, I think he wanted to challenge people on the way that you. That you see these people, I think you agree with Gore Vidal, but you think he's an ass. Yes, you know, and you don't agree with Buckley, but he but and he his wife a, have a lovely relationship. They have a lovely relationship, and they call each other Ducky, which and I love. It's so absolutely cute. wonderful. And then, and uh, and he 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 does emerge with dignity. You see, and you see, you, you sense that uh, there's an explosive exchange towards the end, which we won't spoil for people. One of the things that the play exhibits for me is that for both of these men, they are in a bubble of their own, of, of two different kinds, and politics for them is a kind of game. Yes. It is, however deeply they believe it, their instinct is to play it. At one time, it was only possible to manipulate public opinion locally. Television changed that. Yes. And this is the moment, effectively, when that changed. But look ahead, it has nothing on the communication technology we have now, hmm. which is precisely why it looks so ugly because yes. it is yes. susceptible to it. Well, thank God for theatre, which can explore things in sort of greater, Indeed. greater delicacy Indeed. and detail. One thing I did want to say about Harewood is much is made of Buckley's facial tics, the way he licks his lips, the way he does things, and and Harewood manages to do this without it being a caricature, which yes. I just think is is amazing. Yeah, exactly. You you sort of you sort of slowly start to notice it rather than going like, yeah. God, that man's weird. And again, it's it's um, it's Graham lighting on incidental detail. I love the fact that we get more of James Baldwin in this play than we do of Andy Warhol who appears and I was actually timing it I have a feeling Andy Warhol might be only on stage or speaking for 15 seconds which would be a lovely play on the 15 minutes of fame thing if it's true so James Graham if you're listening to this could you confirm or deny (laughs) that you are that clever it's very funny this play as well it's it's absolutely on the button in terms of 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 what it's saying about contemporary attitudes Mm. um, and their historical precedents never loses pace never loses pace very funny very pacey uh, this is one of the rare productions that I gave five stars out of five because mm-hmm. I really could not fault it. Um, no. I really think it's a it's a tremendous, smart, entertaining, clever night at the theatre. Yeah, I think if, if anyone is thinking of trying to go and see something this Christmas, then this is the one I would say if you want a genuinely brilliant show. You've been listening to the Evening Standard Theatre podcast. To see all of our theatre and other arts coverage, go to standard.co.uk slash culture. I'm Nick Curtis. And I'm Nancy Durrant. And we will see you next week.
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.